you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Welcome to Move the Sticks. Coming to you live from, what is this, Lucas Oil? Yeah. Lucas Oil State. Indianapolis. Yeah, We're in Indianapolis. Right here. Yep. Combine, day two of workouts are wrapping up behind us. These are long and days, it seems like. Long, long days. Everything, is it the same amount of time? Everything's blending together, but we're here. We saw the offensive line yep. work. We saw the running backs work. And, man, we had some standout performances. So what we're going to do on today's show, real quickly, we're going to recap the offensive linemen, running backs, and the special teams workouts. We're going to listen to Tristan Wirfs, Iowa, who had a, stand, a terrific combat. We'll interview him. J.K. Dobbins stops by for a little bit. And DeAndre Swift from Georgia, outstanding running back. We'll talk to him. But first, because I got my man Lance Z on the podcast, we always have to start with the offensive line whenever have he's to. on. They kind of have a soft spot in his heart. Like overall, Lance, let's just talk about the workouts. Who stood out to you? Who are you most well, impressed with? So let me just say this first. That second group of offensive linemen, mm-hmm. 
that's the freakiest bunch of height, weight, speed, length. I, I haven't seen anything like that in a single group in my I mean, life. It's a, a real group. It was unbelievable to see these guys. Now, I think, let me start with the first group. Makai Becton, Ooh. when he ran a 5-1-0, just, just the way he looks, no one else, almost nobody's ever run a 5-1-0 at that size. Like, uh, you, know what, you know what I heard? Because when I was watching him, and there was a lot of stuff moving, but I heard, ching-a-ling-a-ling, <laughs> ching-a-ling-a-ling, ching-a-ling-a-ling. Because yeah. they're 5-1-0 at that size with the yeah. athleticism that he's played, plus the tape. Look, yeah. man, you can book it. He's going to be a top 10 pick. People are going to be excited not only about him, but the other guys in this offensive tackle class. Yeah, and he also had 23 reps with, you know, people may say, well, that, doesn't say, that guy has like 36-inch arms. Long arms. That's fine. I mean, 23, that's... And the power in his upper body when you watch him play is substantial. So he made himself money. The guy that I think had the best workout for me was Tristan Wirfs. And – Tristan Wirfs is, you know, you and I talk about this sometime off the air with the explosiveness in the hips. When you see high vertical jumps and, and long, broad jumps, yeah. that's going to translate into fast 40s you always talk yeah. about. Well, this guy hit a high vert. He hit a, a long, broad jump. Mm -hmm. He was tops in his class. Then he was tops in his class with the 40. I mean, and then when he moved on the field, it's not like he was a workout warrior. This guy was his mirror, his redirect, his change of direct. Everything was so smooth. So, so tell me. What did you think about him when you watched the tape? Because okay. when I watched the tape, I thought he was a dude. I was just going back into my notes. I gave all these guys the same grade at offensive tackle. Becton, Wills, Wirfs, I, all gave, I gave them all the same exact grade when it came down to it. Now, uh -huh. how I would stack them, I would stack them Wills, then I had Wirfs, then I had Becton. But I, I think it just, came down to, it just comes down to preference. But what did you think about him coming into so, the thing? So I had him in like the 20s of this class. And this is what I this is what I thought. I thought he is has outstanding athleticism, unbelievable quickness off the you know off the snap. He can get to any reach blocks. Ask him to do a lot of outside zone stuff, which he's great at. Oversets a lot, which I talked to him a little bit about after uh, you know talking to him. Yeah, and and he talked about just he gets so excited. He just wants to jump out on everything. That's going to get corrected. I'm not worried about it. What I didn't see as much is I didn't see him drive people off the ball as a run blocker when he was based up. Yeah. And it's strange because I don't see him bend and get up under guys. I don't see as much nasty. Like, I want to see I want to see Andrew Thomas as nasty in Tristan Wirfs' mm. body. It, I'm not saying he's not trying to grab you, snatch you up, and, and finish, but I want to see a little more dog from him because everything else is there. Well, here's what I'll say. Interviewing him, really nice guy. Yeah. Really nice guy, really nice kid, really kind of gets it together. Um, could really understand and articulate everything that he w wanted to do, what he wants to do on the field, how he wants to play, what he learned from his time at Iowa. Sometimes I just think guys like that, he's best suited to play in a zone scheme. I do and too. And I'm not saying that you can't be a physical player in a zone scheme, but I do think there's something different to playing in a zone scheme than a pin and pull scheme where you're down and around and it's a little more contact and you're playing at angles. With him, because he's so light on his feet, he's so nimble, climbing to the second level, maybe he'll never be a, a, a masher. But in a certain system where you're talking about wanting to get the elephants on parade, he can do that. He can do that really, really well. I, I think one thing you got to watch on tape that you're kind of bringing me back to something because I'm remembering I wrote him so far back. On the outside zone, the one thing he needs to do is he needs to get vertical 
with the guys. Once he gets them, gets up on their, you know, gets up on their shoulder, he needs to drive them. He needs to really work on not letting them stay flat. Yeah. He needs to create better angles for his running back by driving them up the field. And when you see him really shine, all the highlight reel stuff we had on NFL Network, it's when he's in space and he's uncovered and he's able to move and show his athleticism. I want to see him really take people and move them with all that power, all that explosiveness we see. Because yeah, I see funny. it with Beckton. Yeah, it's, it's funny because when I talked to Wirfs about like Iowa's lifting program, he talked about the Olympic lifts that they do. Uh, power cleans, uh, snatches, yeah. squats, single leg squats, all those things that are conducive to developing the power that you talk about, being able to move the furniture. He does need to do a better job of moving the furniture, but the athleticism is something that is really intriguing. And I think with the reputation of Iowa and how those guys play, he's going to benefit from it. It's going to be interesting to see how this stacks out on draft. I think he's tackle or guard. I just think when I hear people make comments about him being, you know, a power guy and this, that that isn't what he is. I mean, he's a zone guy. No, he he is definitely a zone guy. He played in the zone scheme. He talked about the zone scheme and and, and what they did. Uh, I don't necessarily project him as a guard. I, I think he's too talented, too athletic to, Me too. To, to move inside. I'm not saying that you waste guards, that guards can't be effective. They're not pivotal, but I think this guy is a right or left tackle. You give him every opportunity to fail, and then if he somehow bombs, then you move him inside. I think he's an excellent player. Uh, let's talk about Jedrick Wills, Man. Alabama, because 34-and-a-half-inch vertical, ran 405, ran 505 in the 40, and when you watch him in the drills, man, I mean, it's – his clinic tape, like his, his footwork, uh, his balance and body control, uh, very impressive. So when I graded him, I had Wills as the clear-cut number one in this class, and it's because of, you know, the the footwork. You talked about the body control and everything. It's really good. And you made you laid it out perfectly. His pass pro stuff at right tackle is so clean and so smooth and so fluid. I, I'm really curious if it could click on the other side oh i mean i i think now because i'm interested because i think he has the feet well what's interesting is like these guys are both playing right tackle and i talked to worse about that like right tackle was always viewed as the throwaway position the inferior position um not necessarily in today's game but it's right interesting that you know man these guys on campus are not playing what we call the marquee spot on the offensive line at left tackle they kept him at right even after graduations and defections mm-hmm. They still stayed at those spots. You just wonder why didn't Wills ever move to the blindside? But actually, well, they have with Al- Tua, Alex Leatherwood over with, there too. With Tua, yeah, that is the blind. That side. is a blind spot. Yeah, that's a good point. That is the blind. And side. Tua so has been the, the guy for two and a half years, and he's played guard. He's played tackle. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, the thing that really stood out to me was he's nasty, and. He moves people. You want to talk? I, I didn't see Worfs get up under guys, explode his hips in the, in the, into uh, defenders. Wills likes to impose his will mm-hmm. against opponents, and he's got that people mover, uh, men, not only mentality, but he's got the technique. He's got some technique to to bend and get up under people and move them around. And so it's kind of rare for for me nowadays to see that level of drive blocking like you might see with the power guard and then see the sweet feet to be able to get out and then redirect on inside moves. I just I think Wills has I think Wills has it all uh, including the bad attitude in a good way of course. Yeah. And then the way he ran today like wow, man, what an athlete. Yeah, what an athlete. He has the nasty. So here's the conversation because you talked about Worfs being uh Look, not more of a finesse player. And then you have Makai Becton, who 
What do you think about him in, in general? He didn't get a chance to work. He had he had a little thing where yeah. Whatever, so what do, you, so, what do you think about Makai Becton in general? So I I, I like Makai Becton. I think that Makai Becton, you were projecting a little bit because um, the level of competition sometimes wasn't as good across from him, and then he beat up on some smaller guys. Like he didn't have a lot of big strong dogs across from him, and that's that has nothing to do He's with him. He's a bully, huh? Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. He's yeah, taking yeah. lunch money for kids. I like it. I mean, I like it, but there's not going to be as many kids that he's going up against on the next level. So I still think he needs to learn to play under control because sometimes he gets a little out of control. Um, I like him as a run blocker. I think he's got a lot of potential as a run blocker. I think his best football is ahead of him. But I think, he, like, Wills, to me, you can plug and play, and he's going to be nice. I think Werfs will plug and play, and Andrew Thomas. I think Becton has – one of the highest upsides, but he may the the road may be a little bumpy early I think, on. I think scheme really matters for him. Yes, uh, thinking of last year, uh, Dillard, Andre Dillard went to the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. kind of in that light. I think he's more passed than run, passed this or whatever. Like he he's fine in the run game. He's mm-hmm. credible. He's serviceable. He can move people off the ball. But um, I think the strengths of his game. He's more of a mauler. I mean, he yeah, uses his yeah. size. But technique's going to have to get a lot better. Yeah, so you wonder, like, I, I think scheme is important. You mentioned Andrew Thomas. Uh, he was okay. Yeah. Um, 21 on the bench is fine. Uh, 5 2 2 in the 40 is fine. It just stands out when you have these other guys that are flying. What do you think about him? Where does he stack in the mix with these guys? I think after the workout today, he's going to end up being fourth. And, uh, and kind of like you said, I mean, for me, I always had it Wills, and then I thought it was very close between Becton, Wirfs, and Andrew Thomas in terms of being, in a general sense, like a, in a general sense, I would have them somewhere between 18, you know, forget team needs and all that stuff, somewhere between 18 and 20, 24. I like, I like them all. However, Andrew Thomas, I love the fact that he gets guys blocked and he finds ways to get things done. But when it comes to traits, Becton's got him. When it comes to fluidity mm-hmm. and movement and athleticism, Worfs has him. When it comes to both, Wills has him. So you start adding it up, and now you start to wonder, well, is there any chance that Austin Jackson, could, because, you know, he looked fluid and athletic today, is there any way he could step up? I thought Josh Jones from U of H actually hurt himself today. I didn't think he looked as smooth out here as I was expecting. No, I thought he was going to be one of the top athletes at the yep. position. He didn't look as uh, – just didn't look like he was as, as comfortable as in rhythm as the way that he displayed a little bit at the Senior Bowl. Austin Jackson is interesting. Austin Jackson uh, talked about it. I had a chance to talk to him. Yeah. He talked about how it took him a while to kind of reset and get right after having uh, the surgery in the summer where he donated his bone marrow to his, his sister. And so I wonder if that impacted the film, if now he's fully healthy and fully recovered, and now we're seeing – the talented version of the guy that came into SC with a lot now, of acclaim. I will tell you, I, I have Andrew Thomas ahead by a decent amount on, on Austin Jackson. Personally, mm-hmm. I like the football player. I'm just saying the way that it gets laid out by people who oh, draft, no. no, that's just the way it goes. Now, Andrew Thomas, to me, I feel safe with Andrew Thomas. I think he's a safe player. But he doesn't have those those certain things that, that pop for teams. So it could hurt him a little bit in his draft standing. He's going to be a first-rounder. Look, man, I, I, I think now when we come down to it, we could be looking at six offensive tackles that carry first-round grades. It's possible. Uh, when it's all said and done, because especially down at the bottom of that first round where you have a couple teams that can need them. The Green Bay Packers could use one. Depending on what happens in Tennessee with Jack Conklin, they could use one. Uh, Austin Jackson, Josh Jones, mm-hmm. those guys could kind of sneak in the back door and be first-round picks. All right, so this is off the 
subject just a little bit of, of just offensive linemen, but we're talking about four, maybe five quarterbacks. This is the deepest wide receiver draft we've seen in years, and we saw some guys show out yesterday. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a minimum of four offensive tackles and maybe five, and you said as many as six. Mm -hmm. Who's falling? Like, who's going to – what position so, groups? So I, I think there are a couple different ways to look at it. Uh, I think the two uh, positions that could be victimized by the talent other places, running back, mm -hmm. edge rushers. Yes. Because I think there's a huge drop between I, – I, I would say after – Gross Matos yeah. and the other guys. I think if you, you talk about uh, Chase Young, then you bring in Chase uh, uh, Chasing to be in that conversation yeah. for sure. Epinesa. Yeah. Who's really a lot, you know. Yeah, you know. He's not a real edge as much yeah, as a DN, you know. You know? And, and then, then those guys. No so you, tight ends. No tight ends in the first it's, round. It's going to be hard for running backs because at some point, one of two things is going to happen. Either people are going to look at wide receivers and say, we'll wait. Which, I think that's what's that going to happen, happen too. too. I think that's going to happen too. I think I think as much as we get excited about it because we love seeing the ball hit the paint, there's so many of those guys that why would you be in a rush to get one? Yeah, like I mean, there are a lot of guys with comparable skills. Uh, we've seen guys in the second round pop. Yeah, I, I think what we're looking at the first round being populated with offensive tackles, quarterbacks. What was the other position that we we talked about? Uh, uh, quarterbacks, offensive tackles, and uh, wide receivers. But yeah. maybe not a ton. But but, enough. but we know the top guys. But enough. Yeah. So back to the offensive tackles. We talked about six going. The guy who made a strong case for himself was Tristan Wirtz from Iowa. Yeah. Let's let's listen to what he had to say. Follow his workout. Join the Move to Six podcast. One of the stars of the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine, uh, Iowa standout offensive tackle Tristan Wirtz. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. You're, doing, you're doing pretty good because you killed it, or you're doing pretty good just because you feel good that it's all over? Probably a little bit of both. A little bit of both. So just so we know, like, man, I'm, I'm just going to read these numbers. So you had the best vertical at 36 and a half inches. Your broad jump was 121, best of the group. 40 time, 485, which also was the best. So did you say it's mission accomplished? Yeah, I would say so. It was a good day. It was a good day. So now... I don't know if many of us knew that you were this kind of athlete. Are these the kind of numbers that you expected to post when you were working out? Um, I think uh, the vertical, I was excited. You know, I knew I wanted to do that. I hit 36 on the Friday before we came here. Um, I've never ran a timed 40, so uh, that surprised Ever? me. Um, I think maybe my sophomore year of high school. Wow. Um, but never in college. And then uh, the broad jump, I was, I was pretty pumped about that. I think the best I've ever hit was 9.8. Um, I was just feeling pretty good today. Yeah, you're feeling it. <laughs> That is okay. So um, you guys have a long story history of producing, like, talented offensive linemen at Iowa. What is it about the Hawkeye tradition that enables you guys to quickly translate uh, into the National Football League? I think it's the culture there. You know, we, we come in every day. Uh, you know, a, a lot of colleges probably, probably can say this too. They come in ready to work. Um, it's a different type of demeanor at Iowa, though. Um, you know, you're, you're, held, you're held to a higher standard. You're, you're held accountable for, for all your actions. Coach Doyle, you know, is a, is a no-nonsense kind of guy. Coach Ferentz was an O-line coach. Brian was an O-line coach. Um, coach Morgan, who, who, who's kind of still hanging around the building a little bit, was an O-line coach. So it's, I mean, it's hard not to, you know, go there and not be somewhat successful. You know, so when I watch you on tape, obviously you're playing right tackle. Uh, the athleticism stands out. You're able to climb and get to the second level. But when you watch yourself on tape, what would you say the strengths of your game are? Um, I think I'm a pretty powerful guy. I think I can move guys off the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, throughout my hips, I'm, I'm pretty powerful. Um, 
like you said, I, I, I think I'm pretty athletic. I, I can pull out and get out in space really well. Um, there's a clip of that against USC where, you know, we ran a reverse and I, I came back out to a safety. Um, but, you know, I think, I think number one would be just I'm, I'm pretty powerful. You know, so there's, there's a lot of, not necessarily confusion, but typically in, in back in the old days, the right tackle was viewed as a little inferior to the left tackle position. Uh, do you believe you're a guy that can play on both sides of the line or do you believe you should go inside to play at the next level? What's the best position for you? You know, I think I can go back and forth. I'd showed it, you know, multiple times this season. You know, our left tackle went down and I, um, you know, I flipped back and forth in the middle of games. I did it in the middle of drives. I, on certain plays, I'd have to play left or right just because just that's how we game planned it. Um, so, you know, I think I've shown that I can do both. Um, if a team needs me to go into guard, I think, you know, I've never done it before, but I can probably, you know, I can probably figure it out. Um, I'll, you know, I'm just trying to get on the field. You know? just, trying to, just trying to win the front. So it, it's funny because, like, and I don't know how much you pay attention to the headlines, but there hasn't been, like, a lot of conversation with Tristan Wirfs being maybe the best offensive tackle in the class. If you could have a chance to kind of advocate for yourself as to why you may be the best offensive tackle in this class, what would you say? Oh, boy. Um, you know, there's some pretty good offensive tackles in this class, I'd say. I mean, you know, I got to meet a lot of them here um, t uh, this week and hang out with them. Um, you know, I don't know. I think just, you know, I, I kind of showed, proved people wrong with how, you know, they were saying I wasn't athletic. Um, maybe that's why I wasn't, you know, didn't get the hype of the number one one spot. So probably just, you know, check out my numbers today and, you know, that'll, that'll speak for itself. Okay, so we're done with the combine. We're done with some of the hard stuff, but we still have pro days and private workouts. What are some of the things that you want to work on going into that phase of the, the evaluation process? Um, continue, continue to uh, study film really well and, and, uh, Maybe maybe get a little bit of like NFL style offense. We're you know Iowa's a pro style team. You know we we do a lot of, um, you know we're big inside outside zone. So um, maybe learning more uh, NFL vocabulary and, and you know interview you know interview with teams and kind of trying to impress them. Man, well you definitely impressed a lot of scouts today with your performance at the combine. We look forward to watch you continue to improve, and to continue to be a dominant player at the next level. Thanks for joining the Moody Six Podcast. Thank you, Lance. He he was very impressive. Yeah. Um, just talking to him, his ability to play on both sides of the line, like he alluded to, he talked about playing left and right tackle this year, uh, said he'd be willing to move in the guard. I, I just think it's a situation where he's super talented. The athleticism is going to pop. A lot of offensive line coaches, this is their first exposure to him. Mm -hmm. Guys are going to fall in love with him. He's going to be a guy that kind of climbs. I, even though he's already near the top, He's going to be a guy that climbs in some of those draft rooms. So I'm looking at the running backs who worked out, and, and one of the things I was talking to Worfs about was some of their outside zone stuff and how they had their running backs, you know, where their track was. And, and, and it's one of the interesting things about how certain coaches have tighter tracks with running backs, and they look for cutbacks, and others like to flow wide. And I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor – Wisconsin to me is another brand of Iowa, right? They yeah. play the same. same you see zone. a lot of inside, outside zone. You're going to have some pin and pull. You're going to have some gap. I mean, they'll run a variety of running run game schemes. But Jonathan Taylor is a player who has seen. He ran a four three nine official forty. He was a track guy in high school, and what I really like about him is that he has seen so many eight man fronts. Mm -hmm. He has had problems at quarterback where no one respected the passing game right they didn't respect no. defense so he's had so many extra guys adding into the box and yet he processes it he runs between the tackles he's he's carried he's carried a heavy workload 
And even after getting over 900 touches in three years, here he is running a 4.39. Like, he hadn't lost his speed. No, I, I mean, I think that's impressive. Uh, the funny thing is, talking to running backs coaches, they're still trying to figure out what to do with him. Uh, because of the ghost of Wisconsin backs of pass, you just wonder where he fits in. That's a real is thing, he, isn't it? Is he, is he creative enough? Is he straight line? Does he have the ability to really make plays in the passing game? When you look at him compared to some of the others, it doesn't flash. Sometimes I contend it might be their uniforms. Uh, maybe it's something about the uniforms that aren't flashy enough so you don't regard them in that manner. But I will say this about Jonathan Taylor. The production is spectacular. Yeah. Uh, the speed is real. And then you understand how real it is based on how he tested. He's shown that he can carry a heavy load. Where does he stack? He kind of is penalized because their offensive line has always been traditionally good. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't see him get hit in the backfield. He typically kind of gets four or five yards before he has contact. Good player. In a draft where you have a ton of good players at the position, does he stand out enough to warrant consideration no. being a first round? I mean, pick? to me, there's only one guy who stands out enough to be to warrant consideration. He also wore sweet, bright white shoes today. Mm. And that was uh, DeAndre Swift. And, I mean, you want to talk about standing out. Yeah. Those white shoes made everything, every movement just da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. You know how to – I mean, yeah. it's just like in the All-Star game in baseball. Remember when they used to – the National League players would wear white – they got to flex their white yeah. shoes the, at the All-Star yeah. games? Yeah, you wear them white, look good. Yeah. Put a little, a little glossy paint on them, make sure <laughs> yeah. everyone stands out. You're right about DeAndre Swift. He when did. I talk to um, – yeah. A couple of running backs coaches, they were like, man, that guy has it all. Like, he mm -hmm. just can pop. I have called him. I mean, wrestling fans understand. I called him Lex Luger. He's yeah. a total package because when you watch him, he can do it. You want to run inside, he can do a handle between the tackles. He can go to the perimeter. He can catch the ball out the backfield. He's solid in pass protection. He has home run ability. You put the four four eight there with it, he just kind of confirms that he's a special athlete. He has all the qualities. It's just a matter of when do you pull the trigger because I don't see him in the same light as Zeke and Gurley, no. and those guys. But I do see him as a first-round pick. We may not see hear his name called until the 20s, until the bottom of the first round might be where he comes off the board. He's a three-down player. He caught it really nice out here. He's very smooth. One of the things I really like about him is he stays low to the ground, and, and he plays with bend. And so when he catches, he can catch, tuck, and go very quickly on the flat stuff that they were throwing him. Um, he has low mileage on the odometer, which helps. He can play all three downs. And then the thing that, that I think is very special, that a lot of people won't recognize that you will, not only can he make people miss on the second level, but on the third level. And I know people will mm -hmm. probably assume that everyone can do that. You'd be surprised how the creativity of some runners, once they get up to the third level, they're, they're running so fast that they really can't get an angle on the safety, and the safety yeah. gets down on him. He's one of those guys that sets up second and sets up third-level guys, and he cuts without losing any speed at all. Yeah, I saw the stat on our network that was kind of ridiculous. Uh, three seasons with 1,200-plus rushing yards, and each of those seasons he had fewer than 200 carries. That's insane. Like that's, so yeah. that, that speaks to what you're talking about. Like He can dance at the second level. He understands how to get home. And when you talk about the third level, some people have a knack for putting the ball in the paint on those long runs. Other guys can't get away. He has that ability. He's that, got it. That, that separates him. One other guy that, that, that stood out, um, Cam Akers from Florida State. I've yeah. kind of been on the Cam Akers parade. I've touted his uh, potential. I've touted what he could do at the next level. He gave us a little taste of it. 4.47 in the 40. Um, when you looked at the drills, guy has great feet, 
great feet, great balance, great body control, uh, terrific uh, playmaker in the pass game, catches the ball easily. I say this, Dalvin Cook popped as a second-round pick. Cam Akers is going to pop as a second-round pick in the National Football I'm going to tell you something. His tape, I, I came away, and so when he and Etienne came in together, uh, when I say came in together, you know, the same, same year. Same, same year. They were both the hot names in the ACC, and I watched their rookie tape because I was writing a summer tape series on guys to watch next year. Not for the draft, just in general. And I was like, ooh, Cam and Etienne are nice. I like Cam better than Etienne. Then I watched Etienne this year. I really liked Etienne. He mm -hmm. went back to school. So I turn on Cam, and I'm not really – there's no, I'm not hearing anything about him. He must yeah. not have been very good. At Florida State's not very good. He must Offensive not have been very good. Terrible. I turn the tape on. Offensive line is not good. Cam is getting his, creating for himself. And I had Kirby Wilson once told me, great running back coach, right? Yes. He said, Lance, you got to find guys who can create. There's three ways. Wiggle, power, or speed. Yeah. And he's a guy that creates with three different he, – he has three different mechanisms to create. And, and I just – his tape, he has guys on him, so he has to have great agility to be able to create early. Because not everyone has that. Like A.J. Dillon, you don't want to have to do that. No, he doesn't no. have that. James Conner couldn't do that. No. Cam Akers can create from anywhere on the field, and he's had to. Can you imagine how easy it's going to feel for him when he gets to an NFL team if they can block it up a little? Oh, it's going to be so easy for him. It's going to be so easy for him. If he, they can just get him to the second level, he's going to be able to put the ball consistently into pain. And with his ability to catch the ball in space and do some, some routes from – in the backfield, and I think outside of the backfield, he's one of those new school RB1s that we fall in love with. I think he's going to have a chance. Look, we, 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 can't, we can't close the discussion without – look, DJ was probably going crazy yeah. in the booth when his guy, <laughs> Darrington Evans, ran a 4-4-1. He had 20 reps on the bench press. But the speed, and when we talked to – I had a chance to talk to Scott Satterfield um, yesterday, and he said, look, my guy's going to fly. Yeah. I was like, yeah, coach, I know he's, you know he's fast or whatever. Four for one is fast. What have you seen from him on tape? Man, he has. He's shifty. Um, he catches the ball well. You know what he is? He's a perfect fourth. He's a perfect late third to early fourth round back who you say, look, we're not going to give you the ball every every down. We're going to let you be running back by committee. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're leaning on him more heavily and more heavily. He's an investment in a player who you know has got a chance to hit chunk plays for you. I like him a lot. Now, sometimes people – don't realize when I say a fourth round back, fourth round backs are certain types of backs. Yeah. That doesn't mean I don't like them. I it like means, them a it lot. It means they're ideally suited to be part of a rotation. Like they yeah. can't, they just missing something that prevents them be, from being. And he's not a big guy. The RB1. So when you think of a smaller guy, he's going to have to play in rotation. He's going to have to kind of be part of that uh, running back by committee situation. And that's fine. You just have to know going in, that's how he's going to be pegged. Um, 20 reps, by the way, on the bench. The kid's got some strength. He does have some strength. One of the guys, Quickly, Pac-12 country, everyone loves Zach Moss. Zach oh. Moss is super productive. Uh, you are here on the Twitterverse. People express their disappointment in his 40 time. 4.65, don't overreact to the 40 time. No. His game was never about speed. His game was about um, being able to make people miss, finishing with power, running through contact, being kind of like a war daddy when it comes to being an every down back. Yep. I'm not dissuaded at all nope. uh, with Zach Moss. I think he is what he is. He's always been one of those guys that was pegged to go three through five. 
I think that's kind of where he falls. He was nice in the drills, too. Nice, great feet. So nice in the he, drills. He, look, he, he's going to be a good player. He's going to be one of those guys that falls in the rotation, but I love him. I think he's a, he's a hardcore headbanger. One of the guys that I also love, didn't get a chance to fully participate uh, in the combine, but he's he, look, he's a Bucky Brooks favorite. That is J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State. Got a chance to catch up with him while the running backs were working out. Let's listen to what he had to say. Join the Move the Sticks podcast, Ohio State standout. J.K. Dobbins, how's everything, man? How's the combine treating you? It's great. It's been a, a great process. Uh, you know, it's a blessing to even be here. You know, so obviously you did not get an opportunity to work out in front of the scouts, but a lot of the combine is behind the scenes, the interviews and the one-on-one conversations that you have with scouts and executives. How was that process for you? Uh, I think it was amazing. You know, um, got to meet some of the guys and, you know, just show them who I am as a person. I think, I think that'll help me out a lot. You know, you, you went to a great institution. You went to Ohio State. Your football program has been top-notch. You've had a lot of guys go uh, to the National Football League. Have you had a chance to talk to some of the guys who have been in the league? What kind of advice have they given you to prepare yourself to go play in the National Football League? Yeah, so Terry McLaurin, which is like one of my best friends, you know, he gave me a lot of advice, you know, and one of the things was to just stay true to myself. Don't change, you know, because, you know, being in the NFL, being all the, around the, the veteran guys, you know, you, you might try to, you know, do things that's not for you. And so that was one of the, the things he told me. And then he also told me to just soak in all the information from the veterans, you know, get close to a veteran and, you know, ask him what, what I need to do and figure out the plays from a veteran. You know, when we were making the walk here to the chairs, we talked about competing. You're talking about, man, it's, it's killing you not being able to compete with the guys here. But Ohio State, man, five stars everywhere, a lot of competition just to get on the field. Mm-hmm. Talk about that environment, how that environment should prepare you to play well at the next level. Yeah, so Ohio State, we compete in everything we do. You know, uh, Coach Mig does a great job with the strength and conditioning, you know, just making everything a competition. You know, it doesn't matter what drills. Anything we're doing, it's a competition, and they make sure you know if you lost there. So <laughs> I think that definitely, you know, bred me into something that just wants to eat up the competition. You know, I, I heard this year, like going into your final season, you decided to kind of make some changes to your diet. You really dedicated yourself to kind of approaching the game like a pro. Mm-hmm. What did you do in terms of your nutrition, your diet? What were some of the things you did preparation-wise uh, to help you have a, a great final season? So, yeah, uh, I went vegan for two months. That was like, it was super hard. Uh, it was definitely different. It was it was something different. And, you know, I craved a lot of, you know, fries and stuff like that because around around the, the facility at college, you know, some of my teammates, they sit down with a triple stack burger or something. And it's like, it's like, man, you see me right here. You, you see that I'm doing a diet. So why you come over here by me? But yeah, it was definitely tough. And, you know, um, I did extra things that to help me recover, you know, cryo, float tanks, anything, hyperbaric chambers. I did all that stuff, and, and it definitely benefited me in my game. So you felt like it, it impacted your game in a positive way? You, you felt like this was the best that you felt on the field, and that's why your performance was such? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. No doubt. Um, so as, as we spin it forward, there's, there's been a little bit of conversation about the running back position and whether it's devalued. Tell me why running backs are still important to elite offenses. Yeah, so running backs do everything. We block, we catch, we run, you know, so – to say it's devalued by some of the people, I, I honestly think we're one of the most important things besides the linemen and then the quarterbacks. But, you know, because we got to block. We, we also have to transfer information, 
you know, back there with the quarterback because we have to pick up our blitzes. So we got to know the, the, the coverages and what blitzes are coming. We got to know a lot of things. So I think it were pretty important. So when you, when you look at the National Football League, who are some of the running backs that you pattern your game after? Uh, definitely Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I love his game so much, you know, and um, I actually uh, talked to him today or DM'd him today, and he, he was – he. He's a great guy, and I just want to model myself after him. You know, he's successful in the NFL, and I, I like the way he, he just operates. So you, you didn't work out now, but you're going to work out on your pro day. When is your pro day, and what, what do you plan to do there? Uh, March 25th, and I'm going to do everything. You know, I'm going to run my 40, you know, and do the drills. And my 40 is going to be pretty fast. Ooh, so look, we're excited to see it uh, take place. We can look forward to going to Ohio State, seeing you perform at the end of March. Best of luck to you. Thanks for joining the Mood 6 Podcast. Thank you for having me. Lance, I really like Dobbins. I, I think he's a pro. And I talked to a couple of running backs coaches about him, and they said, man, he is so impressive in the interview part of it. He gets it. He locks in. He makes eye contact. He has good questions, great answers, uh, understands more than just the surface level of playing the position. Uh, all of them, to a man, said, oh, he's going to be a good one. He's going to be a real one when he gets his opportunity. You know what I really liked about him is they needed him. He was a certain kind of back when he came in, and this year they needed him to be a bully. So you know what he said? He said, okay, well, give me the ball between the tackles and let's get to work. I'm not going to be a flash and dash, you know, like he was when he was a freshman. This year they needed him to, oh, we need you to go take it for 30 carries and see what you can do. No problem. Oh, you need me to play Jonathan Taylor? Not a problem. I can do that, too. Watch this. He was so physical between the tackles. He, he, his contact balance and ability to, to break tackles and, and finish runs, I was super impressive. He's clearly um, – he can be dangerous out of the backfield when you need him to be. I mean, I just, I, I just think he is a, a pro. You know, he, he's a That's pro That's the best back. way to describe it. He's a pro. Yeah. He's a consummate professional. He's a pro. He plays it the right way. He does great stuff. He is going to be a, a, a standout pro. And then the next guy is going to be a standout pro. We talked about him. We talked about the sweet feet, the white shoes. DeAndre Swift from Georgia had a chance to catch up with him after the workout. Let's listen to what he had to say about his chances. Join the Move the Sticks podcast. Georgia standout running back DeAndre Swift. DeAndre, how was the combine? How did it treat you? It was great. It was great to get out here and just compete. You know, I had a great group of backs, but just to get out here and compete and um, show what I could do on the field. Look, man, when I, I talked to a lot of running backs coaches about you, they were very, very impressed with not only how you handled your business on the field, but how you handled interviews and workouts. Take us behind the scenes. How was the interview process for you? Um, I thought it was, it was amazing. Um, I was just myself. Uh, answer every question they had. Um, I think a couple tried to trick me on the board and stuff, but just responding quickly and um, just being confident in that room. You know, when I look at you play, I, I kind of dub you the natural because everything you do, it, it seems really easy to you, running inside, outside, catching the ball out the backfield. Uh, in today's game, running backs have to be able to do a, a variety of different things. Um, when did you develop those skills to be able to not only run it, but catch it and kind of make impacts in a variety of ways? Just God bless with a tremendous amount of God-given ability, but um, something you got to work at. Um, like I played 707 when I was younger, I would play in the slot. Um, just to do different types of stuff like that to make me so versatile in my style of play so where I could be used in a different, a various amount of different ways. So it's funny when you say like 707, you were used in the slot because at Georgia, they didn't fully use, utilize you like that. Is that one of the hidden talents that an NFL team will get and they can kind of expand the package and repertoire how to use you? Most definitely. Um, I did a little bit my freshman year because I was behind two great backs. Um, so I, that's how I kind of felt my way um, on the field, definitely in practice, just playing at the F in the slot and just knowing the whole offense. Um, so I could definitely be used that way. 
So that's funny because that, that way is really popular because there are a lot of people that um, are looking for the next Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara was able to mm-hmm. make such a splash. Uh, when you look at his game, is there anything that you see in his game or any other NFL running back that you kind of copy and pick and try and add to your game? Well, definitely. I love his game. Him and Christian McCaffrey um, are two backs I kind of see how I can be used, um, God willing, when I get picked. Um, just being in space, creating mismatches, uh, making people miss in open field, being lined up outside, just how they use them two different backs in various amount of ways. So it's, it's funny because Georgia, man, last couple of years, you guys are like a running back factory when it comes to the National Football League. Todd Gurley and Sonny Michelle and others have made their way into the league. What is it about playing down in between the hedges that enables you guys to kind of transition easily into the National Football League? Oh, just, just the history behind it. And I think Coach Smart – um, kind of held to a standard every day in practice. I mean, no days off, um, so you compete every day in practice where you kind of make the game a little bit easier. So I think it starts with all practice. So, and, and, and think about those practice habits. Outside of, like, what Coach Smart has told you, what are some of those other guys that have gone on to the NFL? What have they told you about playing in the league? Um, just staying ready so you don't got to get ready, always asking questions, and um, just always being very mature. Um, I had to mature at a young age, especially coming in um, early and having a good role early on. So having having to mature, had the coaches trust you, knowing your playbook, just um, carrying yourself like a, like a pro. So when we think about you, uh, we, we, we've done the combine, we got – private workouts and pro day workouts coming on. What are some of the other things that you want to showcase to NFL evaluators as we kind of finish up this evaluation process? Um, just so I'm consistent with catching the ball. Um, whatever they, I'm going uh, to see what else they want me to do. Uh, I'm willing to work out at any position that they want me to. Uh, I'm willing to just get better. You know, man, we, we've seen you improve a ton during your time at Georgia. We continue to look forward to you devo- developing and becoming the dominant player that we think you will be at the next level. Thanks for joining the Move to Six Thank podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Lance, we're excited about Swift and what Swift. he could be at the next level. He has a perfect name for it. Perfect. Man, perfect name. I, I bet you have some customized cleats and all that other oh, stuff, yeah. all flashy and all that when he yeah. gets into the league. Great player. Total package. Uh, Inside-outside runner can catch it, can do all the things that you want to see. Plus, he can kind of carry the workload. Uh, it'll be interesting to see him away from Georgia when someone gives him the opportunity to really be a, a, a guy that carries the workload, meaning – 20 to 25 touches all the time, consistently making him the focal point of the game plan. I want to see that version of DeAndre Swift and how he responds to having that kind of responsibility on his shoulders. I hope Georgia at some point finds some running back talent because, you know, (laughs) I mean, Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, DeAndre Swift, this is ridiculous. Every year, every year they kind of do it. So we can't can't finish as old special teams player. I have to talk about special teams, guys. So we had a punter, Turk. Punter from Arizona State. Uh, he pumped out 25 reps on the bench. Michael Turk, Matt Turk's nephew. Yeah. In his arms, my scouting report says, well, mu- my very first strength, it says, well muscled with arms that look like logs. Yeah. Because he is yoked. And he, spend, he spends a lot of time in the weight room. He does. He ran does. A, ran a 479 I don't know what, what that means. You remember his uncle used to have the, the, the yeah. sleeves are cut tight. Nice and tight. On, on Matt Turk's. So, look, look. Punted well. I, I, I don't know what it means, but he's strong. He's strong. <laughs> he's strong. He's strong. So, kind of like to, Todd Sauerbrunn used to be back in the day. Oh, yeah. Todd liked to yeah, Todd liked to lift. Is, so yeah. I talked to some special teams coaches who they were actually underwhelmed by a lot of their performers today, but they did single out uh, Tommy Townsend, from punter from, from Florida, whose brother was also an All-American in Florida, and uh, Tyler Bass, who had a really good senior bowl from Georgia – 
where is he from? Georgia Southern. I think it's Georgia Southern. Yeah, he's, Georgia um, Southern. Yeah, he had a good senior bowl, and he's followed it up with, with a good combine. They weren't as high on some of the other guys, and I kind of like the – the class of special teams guys this year, but special teams coaches weren't, and that included Rodrigo Blankenship. That included Brandon Mann from uh, from Texas A&M, and even Turk. They said they they didn't think they had great workouts today. So yeah, I didn't get to see. Yeah, it I will say this because I, I talked to a special teams coach, and he was worried about the setup, the new format that we have. Yeah, he said it's a long time for kickers and punters to go without punting because they came in on Monday. Uh, oh they wow! They haven't had a chance. They haven't had a chance to kick. And so on Friday, so if you think about going four days without kicking, being in a routine, they didn't have an opportunity to continue to sustain that rhythm. And, you know, punters and kickers are like golfers. you got to always kind of get them to drive a range. got to always fine-tune the thing. And so maybe that led to some of the suspect performances that the Good coaches point. are talking about. I didn't realize they had that big a gap. Yeah, long gap. Like, so these guys, many of them haven't kicked or punted since their previous Friday. Seven days to go without kicking. Hard for guys to stand individual ready. workouts. They'll they'll still get their shot at individual workouts. So, and you know what what two or three special teams coaches say doesn't mean that the other twenty nine feels the same way. Yeah, that's worth noting. It will it will be interesting. So tomorrow we have an opportunity to see the defensive side of the ball. D line linebackers get a chance to see those guys run. Uh, does that mean Isaiah Simmons is in the building? Oh. Isaiah Simmons is being no, in the building? No, they got him DBs. Oh, they got him with the DBs. So we got to wait well, a little bit. I don't bit. know how to – I guess he's a DB. I mean, does he work out twice like uh, Jabril Peppers did? Didn't Jabril I'd, Peppers I'd like work to see out, him in here workouts? doing some linebacker stuff. To It'll be interesting to see where, when and where Isaiah Simmons shows up, when he shows up. But the D-line should be impressive. Derek Brown's in the building. Derek Brown is in the building. And, man. Talked about some people talking about Derrick Brown. I can't wait to see Derrick Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Thomas talked about Derrick Brown being a grown man. Said he's the best one that he's faced in the SEC. So we'll get a chance to see that. So make sure you tune in. Download the Move 6 podcast at Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Check out all of our videos at NFL.com slash MCS video or at our new channel on YouTube, YouTube.com slash NFL podcast. Thanks for listening to Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.